Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Benjamin's Affliction Written by Daniel Wilcox Narrated by Ian McEwan Nobody really thinks about it anymore, the way it all started. The first seed that grew a forest of merciless destruction in its wake. What had begun as so small a thing took the world as fire takes to a sheet of wool, and the prophets began rolling in. Phyllis Morin had been the first to receive the vaccination, a droplet the size of a flea swimming around in the cylindrical tube of the needle. It was hidden in the guise of a flu vaccination, and took all of two days before the coughs racked her frail, dying body, spreading, floating around as deadly droplets in the air for her husband and family to breathe in. Another week, and everyone that had come into contact with Phyllis and her husband had spread the toxin along the chain, a lethal game of dominoes that grew bigger and bigger until it was all the media could talk about. New word from the nation's top scientists on the zombie virus that appeared two weeks ago. They released information saying that the symptoms... Morin's disease. That's what they called it. 
boils my blood to think that, at the end of it all, I'd get no credit. But hey, if money talks, then I'm the one that became a freaking god, not some choked-out witch from Tennessee. Once the spread had reached the borders and the airlines shut down, it wasn't long at all until the White House ordered the best minds in the business to create a cure. Deaths were coming in every day in the thousands. Some towns went as far as to replicate the actions of our overseas cousins during the days of the Black Death, slapping black X's in paint on the doors of anyone infected. Others just locked themselves in, their state officials commanding its people to avoid unnecessary trips when they could. After just two months, the United States was on lockdown, with more and more reports of Morin's disease coming from abroad. Australia, Ghana, China, and Russia were the first to shout about it, ready to blame the U.S. for letting the world crumble. Streets emptied. Looting was rife. Hospitals burst at the seams. And there I sat in my ivory tower, feeling my lips curve into a smile as I watched on the panel of screens broadcasting from the world's 50 biggest television networks. <laughs> It was as Russia threatened nuclear action that I decided it was time to step in. Morin's disease, or Benjen's affliction, as I still often refer to it, was about to meet the cure. The stop button on a TV remote that had run its batteries dry. By the time the command was issued, I had a representative in every major state. With briefcases handy, they spoke to their congressmen whispering the secret words the graying officials had been desperate to hear. Or at least, those who had survived. Wellweather Inc., a previously small player in the pharmaceutical industry, became an overnight phenomenon. Our countrywide warehouses were emptied of their pre-prepared crates of vaccinations, and queues filed out the doors of every major medical center. Reporters shouted about the miracle drug, interviewing recoverees with beaming smiles and sweating foreheads. Deity, or Phallic Z as industry professionals called the wonder drug, served its purpose, providing a small hiatus to the symptoms of those sufferers of Morin's disease. Within three months, enough people were vaccinated worldwide to consider the pandemic over. There were still reported cases of deaths filtering through, but nothing to how it was. And Wellweather Inc.'s pockets were lined with gold. At least, they thought it was over. The mystery disease that had sprung from nothing and taken the world in its grip. Another year or so, and my own executive board were hassling me for the next big break in pharmaceutical technology. Money-grabbing bastards. I watched our accounts drain as demand died and our expenses rose. 
But they needn't have worried, for that was but part one of the plan. There's a scream from somewhere out in the corridor. I step out the office and follow the immaculate white hallway to room 65C. A woman in a long white lab coat turns to face me as I walk in. Strapped to the bed is a man I recognize, or at least I used to. He's a bit of a wriggler, sir. I didn't mean to alarm you. The man on the table gnashes his teeth together, the bones colliding, sounding like a clap. I walk around the table where the man strains against his bonds. There's some give. No matter how many times we tell them, our doctors never learn to be overcautious. With my palm, I weigh myself down on his head until it sinks into the pillow then tug the loose end of the leather strap with my free hand until there's no more room. He growls and grunts beneath my hand, and I can feel his breath and the spray of saliva on my face. When he's securely down, I move away. Rule number one, Mary. Check the bonds. I will next time, I promise. She hangs her head sheepishly, and returns her attention to a tray of silver instruments. How is he getting on? This is treatment number... Number six. His family are worrying about him somewhat. I keep reassuring them that we're doing our best. Have you seen him lucid? I ask, remembering his face from a sitcom I was fond of as a child. A couple of times, he's very keen to get back to work. Says he misses being behind the cameras. Even went as far as to see if I'd film him on the table. Perhaps he could make a documentary out of his experiences. I told Mary that I doubted he'd be behind the camera again. Turned once more to look at the old actor's face as he frowned and growled my way. Whites of his eyes permanently stained yellow as the paper of an old book might fade. Before I leave the room, I add, Mary? Yes, sir? I hope I don't need to say this, but no cameras. Mary nods. We've had a couple people try it, filming the infected, but that didn't end well for them. Some of them are currently staggering around the courtyard, raging and attacking the externals of the cars caged in by the barbed wire-topped mesh of our fences. Whilst orders remain to only attack with force when needed, we don't inquire too much if a bullet finds its way into a company traitor. Besides, who's there to monitor us when we're doing the world a solid and tidying up their mess? Three months after the media forgot about Morin's disease, cases began to rise once more. Luckily for us, no one picked up on one of the key factors in play. For only those that had already been infected and cured became infected again. Those who had managed to avoid the outbreak stayed immune. 
Phase 2 of Morin's disease, a sleeper virus contained in the cure, activated several weeks after the initial symptoms faded. Only this part of the infection could be considered a lot nastier than the first. Whereas Phase 1 caused flu-like symptoms that could kill within a week, the Phase 2 sleeper was a cognitive blocker, an enrager. Victims would experience memory loss, loss of motor control, and a red-hot rage that would equate to something of an animalistic fury in its sufferers. At first, it took the world by surprise, with thoughts of a madness flying around. Perhaps it was something in the water? Mad cow disease mutated? Perhaps it was family simply letting themselves go and fly off the handle? So who did the world turn to when President Cuthbert leapt off the stage at a prestigious press conference and sunk his teeth into a poor camerawoman's shoulder? You guessed it. These guys. That was Wellweather Inc.'s resurgence. Only I like to think of this round as a type of retainer. One in 50 previously infected had a 50% chance of redeveloping the second stage of Morin's disease. Of those that became reinfected, 100% were sent to our specialists at the Wellweather HQ. Guarded by several acres of dry, cracked land dotted with thousands of hidden mines, our guests are greeted at the gate by security, transported by our specialist team, and brought in for treatment. Expensive, top-secret treatments. Families are all too eager to sign the checks. As far as they know, there is no permanent cure. We can halt the symptoms. We've actually got it down to a fine art. The richer the client, the shorter their periods between treatments. There's even an equation to figure out our best chances of success based on our client's gross income. Take our TV actor friend. His case is so serious that he must come back once every eight days. But that's a meager price to pay for survival, right? I chuckle and brush my fingers over the large red button that shuts off the electricity to the outer fence. On the other side of the mesh are the worst of the infected, turning their heads my way. Bless them. They're the last domino in our grand plan. Those so severely infected that they're beyond cure. But incredibly passionate activists picketed the White House and demanded compassion for the ones that others were demanding to be killed. They'll be here for years to come. We're not sure how long it'll take for them to die, but damn it, as long as the government are paying their fees, we'll keep milking those undead cows. A screech. One of the infected breaks free, streaking towards the fence. The electric hum warns the runner, but he pays no attention. He hits the fence. I see his body rack and hear his skin fry. 
I double over and roar with laughter as it twitches in the air. (laughs) When I can finally breathe again, I hit the button and shut off the power. The twitcher falls. Now I have the attention of the pack. All eyes are on Harry Benjen, CEO of Wellweather Inc. I narrow my eyes, adjust my tie, and thread my hands behind my back. One man on the safe side of the fence. Five hundred crazed infected staggering at me like spooked wildebeest. In seconds, they're throbbing at the fence. Arms reaching through, clutching for my pristine gray suit. Their fingers mere millimeters away. Of course they are. This isn't my first time. With the groans and growls deafening, and enough saliva dribbling through the mesh to turn the ground a dark brown, I pull out a single pill and expertly throw it down the throat of the nearest victim. She doesn't even realize that she's swallowed it, but the change is almost instant. Her mouth clamps shut, her eyes grow wide, waking as if from a dream. She retracts her arms and stumbles back, staring in wonder as her consciousness returns. Welcome back, I yell over the raucous of gurgling throats. You've got three seconds to run. Her face melts quickly from one of confusion to one of horror. She looks from me to the crowd surrounding her, turns, and begins to sprint for the large steel door where one of my guards is waiting. Three, two, one. I hit the switch, and the electricity screams to life. A hundred pairs of arms and legs shoot back into the enclosure, the smell of burned flesh attacking my nostrils. (laughs) I can't help it. I'm breathless from laughter. (laughs) I wipe a tear and look past the throng to where the poor girl is running. There's a scream. The door is closed, and she's banging at it furiously with her fist. The sound of echoing metal draws the attention of the infected herd. Their attention turns from me to their new prey. I tap the small bottle of pills in my breast pocket, wipe another tear away with my finger, and return to my office, still debating if there will ever be a need for phase three. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Benjamin's Affliction was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. If you're a fan of The Other Stories and would like to support the show and keep producing new episodes, then you can do that now by entering Hawk and Cleaver's Birdcage. There you'll get access to episodes before they're released, behind-the-scenes madness, and access to Hawk and Cleaver's books as we produce them. Sound good? Okay, so you can join the birdcage by going to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash the birdcage. That's www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash the birdcage.
Until next time. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, my name is Alex Markley, and I'm inviting you to check out my new podcast. It's a surreal sci-fi comedy series called The Unlikely Adventures of an Improbable Family. It's about a forlorn shell of a man, his egotistical laptop, a cartoon alien fuzzball, and a mysterious woman with telepathic abilities. You can find The Unlikely Adventures on the web at unlikely.show or wherever you find your podcasts. Give it a listen and let me know what you think. And thanks.